Welcome, everybody. We are here in edition number 35 of the Data on Kubernetes community. It's extremely exciting for many reasons. We already have a question. It's so exciting that we already have a question. That's a good sign. Um, but as usual, oh, the, we've got a question from a spectator, from an anonymous spectator. Don't worry. We are recording this, and we will upload it to YouTube no later than Thursday, Friday. Right. So if anybody, don't worry if you got to leave for some reason. It's no big deal. Good to start with a question. Great reminder for everybody. You can ask questions whenever you want. Um, my name is Bart Farrell. It's amazing to be here, uh, particularly today, to be here with Ramiro. Um, we got a lot of things we're going to talk about. But before we get started, just a quick reminder. Uh, Gorka, can we get the links on the screen? We are on Slack. We are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn. You can ask questions there. You can ask questions directly in our Slack to Ramiro, and he will respond. Ramiro likes questions. He's a good responder. I do. Um, I, am, I am right there. Yeah, he is right there, and he's probably even there right now. Also, just in case, for reasons of time, we can always continue the conversation in Slack. I have some special questions that we'll be asking in Slack, too. Um, hopefully, some of them we can get to here as well. Um, Ramiro is no stranger to adventure. I just found out that he is from Guadalajara, Mexico, and you've been living in the United States for how long? Whew, now about, Jesus, 11, 12 years, I think. Okay, so just about the same amount of time that I've been living outside the United States. Um, and interestingly enough, some of your co-founders, or you're the only non-Spanish person in Octeto, right? I am, yes. Octeto, there's two kind of sides of Octeto, the open source project, which is what I'm going to be talking about today. But we also started a company, Octeto, the company. Um, and yeah, my two co-founders, uh, Ramon and Pablo, are from Spain. They live in Madrid. Yep. Pablo is from, from Murcia, from the south. Uh, Ramon's from Madrid, from the proper Madrid. And yeah, we've been working together for years. We, we met at another startup here in here in, in San Francisco a few years ago, seven, eight years ago. And then we became really good friends. And then after a few years of kind of each doing its own thing, we decided, hey, it was fun to work together. Why don't we do it again? So yeah, Octeto is, uh, is like, as a company is kind of split. I wouldn't say even, I think we have more people in Spain than actually than in the US. Okay. <laughs> we have uh, four or five engineers in Spain. Three people here in the U.S. and I'm growing, hopefully growing. Yeah, yeah, good. And all right, so we, well, obviously we have a you know different time zones being covered from doing a little bit of research as well. There are some other great podcasts of Ramiro that I highly recommend, and I don't want to repeat that stuff too much. Although there will be a slight repetition when we talk about Mexican food, which is something that <laughs> never gets boring for me. Um, but with that in mind, is uh, yeah. So you you've been in the United States for this amount of time. Where did the need, you know, where did where did the this idea of Octeto first start? What was the problem that you saw that inspired you? Like, hey, I think we can do this. Great, great question. So it's funny, like the, the problem that kind of got us started initially was how hard it was to build things in Kubernetes. We were, uh, I was I was working at Atlas at the time. Pablo, my co-founder, was working at Docker. So we always spend a lot of time talking about containers. CI/CD and how DevOps how to improve kind of our flows, and we always complain that as as we kind of moved our our apps to containers and Kubernetes, it was very hard. Like, you know, it, it, getting a change from my desk to actually my application took a, a long time. You have to write your code, you have to build containers, you have to push them, redeploy. It took a long time, so we we're always kind of like we're trying to build all these things ourselves. And one day we were like, hey, Pablo was like, why don't we just, you know, sync our code and, and hot reload on a container? And it was one of those things that sound, it sounded very obvious. We're like, yeah, why not? And then that's how we kind of started building 
the first iteration of Octeto, we, we started talking to people. We actually, the first time we spoke about Octeto publicly was at a meetup in, I think it was in Madrid or maybe Barcelona. Ooh, at the Docker the birth, meetup. The birthplace. In yeah, the birthplace was not that. Yeah, yeah. So we three, uh, three and a half hours away from where I'm from, but I feel extra connected. That's good. No, no, no. It's, it was there, so it was it was uh, it was very funny. And then people really got the the the, the problem. We're like, yeah, that has some problem. I'm I'm building cloud native apps. It's really hard, uh, and that's kind of how we got started. That was maybe two three years ago, and and since then we kind of built a little community around around Octeto, we built this open source project. And then two years ago, we also started building this kind of commercial product on, on top of it to enable bigger companies to kind of do the same things you can do with Octeto um, yourself, but you know, for, for teams, for enterprises and all these bigger companies who have all these extra requirements around security compliance and all these other less exciting things. <laughs> but very important nevertheless but super important no super important that being said i like i said i got questions that we can ask later on that we can move to slack let's jump into your presentation if you want to start sharing your screen go Perfect. right ahead. yes all right and, and while i'm sharing you see i'm, I'm actually oh in the, yes in slack i I, would, I did not plan that so <laughs> Well, I'm on the presentation. I'm not going to be able to see the questions bar. So if there's any question, you can help me out with that. Absolutely. And once again, feel, please. Yeah, once again, feel free to ask questions. Please, please ask questions because all this talks with Zoom. It's much better if we make it interactive. Okay. By the way, thanks, uh, Barn and Gminty, for sending me this beautiful T-shirt. I'm wearing it today because I, I love it. You have a really cool community going, and I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm there. So, well, thanks, everyone, for joining. Today, I'm going to be talking about Octeto, our open source project. Why? We think it's an important problem we're trying to solve and how we're solving it. I'm going to give you a kind of a quick intro on it and then we'll hit um, the demo. So first, Chingon. So as, as Bart said, I'm from Mexico. I was born in Guadalajara and he posed this question on, on Slack. So by the way, Chingon. I had no idea this was going to be there. And I'm hoping that you will now put this in Slack as the definition of a Chingon. There's a lot of the Mexican slang. It's, 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 Different from Spanish, Spanish is different from all these other uh, versions of Spanish, which I, I love. So el chingón, well, chingón means someone cool, someone brave, someone, you know, who's out there doing things. Like all of us here, Yay! like this community, we're here learning new things, connecting with each other through this, you know, Zoom, Slack, in-person meetings at some point. So that is kind of like the first, um, intro to, to Spanish, Spanish uh, Mexican slang, Mexican slang. All right, so today I'm gonna talk about Kubernetes and developers. Um, I'm sure that for this audience, I don't have to talk about why Kubernetes is such a great thing. I'm sure we all here um, know, use it and love it, but you know, kind of like to re remind everyone and set the context of, of Octeto. For me, these are uh, the top six reasons why I love Kubernetes. It's manifest driven. You know, you can just have your, your, your manifests in your repo, infra's code, all that. It helps you abstract all, you know, infra and cloud provider in manifests. It solves services discovery when you're working in microservices. It helps a lot with resource management. It has self-healings, self-healing mechanisms for you. And it gives you this repeatable build and deployment. Before Kubernetes, you could get all these things, but it was very hard. You had to build services and 
VMs and bake AMIs and do Debian packages, all these different ways to get to the point where with Kubernetes is super easy. So it is great. It's, it's changing how we build applications. It has really changed the industry. But what about developers? This is what kind of got me started with, with Octeto and as I was uh, talking before. When we started using Kubernetes, it was great from the operation perspective, it was great from the deployment perspective, but the dev experience was really, really bad. And, and I'm sure all of you have used it and you know this, where the amount of time it takes for you as a developer to kind of see your changes on a realistic, realistic way takes a lot longer than before. But you know, instead of getting into this kind of very boring explanation of dev, dev efficiency and, and dev experience, we let that for the enterprise demos. Let's let's show it to you in a, in a real way. So, you know, speaking about food, as, as, as Barry was saying, I really like food. Cooking is one of my kind of favorite hobbies. It's something I do to relax, to connect with my friends, to, you know, treat someone. Did you make and that? And before COVID, I used to have people um, home all the time. And well, now it's a bit harder, but still, you know, with, with precaution and distance, we do it from time to time. So every time I had people over, it was always this question of like, hey, what, what do we want to eat? What should we cook? What should we prepare? It was annoying. You know, you have all these never ending WhatsApp chains. So instead of that, I built this app, which I call Cloud Native Recipes. It's a very simple survey app. It's um, a page that can send to my friends as a URL and they can vote on the menu and say, hey, I do want guacamole. I don't want um, shortbread here and there, right? And I, and I build this app also as a way for me to learn. This app uh, has a lot of different components. It's all open source. I'll share it at the end of the, uh, the talk. But this is how it looks like when it's running. It has an ingress for the URL. It uses Search Manager to get an SSL endpoint. It has an API service, um, has a, a deployment behind it that it's running on Go. It's using MongoDB for data, um, has a front end. The front end is, is coded in Vue. And then everything is running on a Kubernetes namespace, has a policy, has some limits, some quotas, you know, a pretty standard cloud native application. But if you look at from this perspective, it's a lot of moving components. If I need someone to help me build this application, this is all the things they need to do. Let me put this on so we don't get distracted. Oh, that was me. That was that was me, by the way. That was Bart. Yeah, but that's good. That's good. That's a good reminder. So, if, if I want someone to help, here's what they need to do. Right? They have to install Node 12 on their local machine because I'm building a Node 12. They need to install Go for the backend. Then they have to get MongoDB running. They have to clone the repo. They have to install dependencies. They have to configure a proxy server. They run their processes and they just to test their code. And then, if you want to get this to like a to production or what we call production, right? You have to commit your changes, you create a PR, CI will run and all these things until you get production and then you are able to test end to end. Even if you were you know, having something like Minikube, the process is still kind of fairly complicated because you have to build your containers, deploy your applications, make some changes, then you either test them locally and then deploy them again and, and on and on. You see here is, is 18 steps. And this is typically what it would take you to get a change from your local machine to the point where you can test it in a realistic way. And this is a lot of time spent. And this is the problem that I kept seeing when I was working at Atlassian with my, my friends who were working at other companies. We all kept seeing these problems where you have to do a lot of things to get things started. 
It takes a long time to see your changes on a true end-to-end -end fashion, like getting changes from, you know, from code to running on a, name, on a container in Kubernetes somewhere is non-trivial. And it's something you have to repeat a bunch of times before you get your changes right and before you get them to prod. And this is what made us really think like, hey, why is it this way? I mean, microservices are great. They make our services more available. They help us scale. But it makes, it makes the life of developers harder. And this is kind of like after many conversations, we got to this point. It's a lot of the reasons why things are harder is because we're trying to pretend that our local machines are clusters and that's why we have to run things like Minikube or, or proxy services or fake all these things. What if we do the opposite? And instead of treating our dev box as a cluster, why don't we take any Kubernetes cluster and make that our dev box? And that's kind of like the core idea that took us to building Octeto. Octeto is an open source Apache 2 CLI that at a very high level lets you develop your cloud native applications directly in any Kubernetes cluster. So I'm gonna switch from uh, slide mode to code mode and I'm gonna show you the application and I'll show you what Octeto does, why we do it. And I hope, I hope you enjoy it. And please, anytime, stop, ask me any questions. Happy to take them as, as we go. So here, I'm gonna change to this. This is the repo of my application. I have everything here. I'm using VS Code uh, today because I've lately, I've been liking it a lot. So this is my app. Hold on, this is not my app. Let me open the full app so you can see the entire thing. There we go. So this is the app, right? It has an API, it has a front end and a chart. So it's, it's based on, on Helm, as I show you, very simple. I pre-deploy the whole thing so you can see it here, right? This is um, Cloud Native Recipes. This is running on my personal cluster on AKS. And it has some of my favorite recipes from the last, um, well, that I've been cooking on my own or back when I used to entertain, right? You can send this to your friends and people can vote if they want some bacalao, uh -huh. some burrito, clearly a local favorite. Bacamole, and I gotta tell you, right? You can vote up. And then the other day I sent this to a friend and, and he was playing around with it. And he said, you know what? I, I hate bacalao. I, I don't like, he's my friend. So, you know, I have to forgive him. But he said like, I, I hate this food. And he downvoted it and boom, the app doesn't work. Why? Well, you know, I never tested this flow. I never tested the flow of like, hey, things are, things are not gonna work. Things are not gonna, someone's gonna downvote your, your recipes. I was like, why would anybody do that? So I was like, okay, great. Well, I have to fix this because I, I want people to, you know, my apps have to work. So this is where uh, kind of Tero comes to be, right? First step, you have an application running on a cluster. Nothing is running locally, right? I'm using the same manifests that I'm using to run my prod version of this application. So I have it here. So the first thing I'm gonna do with Octero is I installed the CLI already. You can see I have Kubectl here. I'm show you what I have running on this namespace. I have recipes, as I mentioned before, API, front-end Mongo, and I have a Prometheus server, which I'm using to kind of track my metrics. And this is one of the first things that uh, is really cool, or I think is really cool about Octero, is that you are developing on a very realistic environment. You see here, 
I'm gonna have metrics. I'm gonna have my endpoints. I'm gonna have my ingress. Like this is a realistic version of my application, right? You can see it here. So the first thing you do with Octeto is the CLI and you run Octeto in it. In this case, I'm gonna go to the folder in the API and you run Octeto in it. When you run Octeto in it, Octeto will scan whatever you have in your namespace and will show you a series of options of like, hey, where do you wanna develop? In this case, let's start with the API. Uh, it will analyze your deployment. It will analyze your local code. It's all done offline. It's all done on the, on the binary itself. And it will create a manifest for you. And this is kind of like the first step on the Octeto experience, right? What Octeto does is it's gonna find this specific deployment you pick, the API. And when you run Octeto up the next command, it will swap, um, it will swap the deployment that you have there with all this information. The idea with this is that you're transforming a running deployment into a dev version of the deployment. In this case, instead of my production image, it's gonna use this, a Go image that I pre-created. It's a Docker container that has my Go tools, my debugger, um, linting tools, all of that. Then in this case, it's gonna run a command bash because I want it to give me a terminal. And before I get to the most, let me, let me start running. So you're on top. The other thing that Octeto does is it automatically creates a volume for you. If you start to see this, the whole idea with this is that we're making Kubernetes more tech friendly. Why do we have a volume? Because that way you can do things like do incremental builds, cache your dependencies, all those things that when you're developing, you want on this remote experience. And the other thing it's gonna do is it's gonna synchronize your code. It's gonna take everything that you have on your local folder and we'll keep it in sync with your remote container. The core idea of this is that you're still, and you see here, I'm still using VS Code, I'm writing locally, but every code change I make is gonna be here. I have a terminal and this is running on a remote container. If I do something like host name, you see that this is actually a container, it's no longer my local machine, but I have, for instance, Go pre-installed, the right version of Go. And what's really cool about this is that this is the same deployment that we saw before. So for instance, this app uses Mongo. You have all the credentials, the same configuration as before available here. So I don't have to run my Mongo. I don't have to figure out how to configure it. I'm using it the same way my application is gonna be using it. So in this case, for instance, I can do something like this. I can just start um, my Go process here. It's gonna compile it as it goes. And in this case, log that is connected to Mongo. So I can go back to my app. I can refresh it and you see it's running, but now it's been served from my process. If at any time I stop it and I try to refresh this, you'll see that it's failing, right? So let's go back to this. It's running. So now you remember uh, when you up downvote things, they break. Okay, so what's going on? Well, let's go check, take a peek at the code. This case, it's a very simple app. Uh, it's a main here. We'll see. It starts uh, um, It starts your connects to Mongo. It starts a router. I'm using Max for this. For those familiar with we go. So let's see. Let's figure out what's going on on the download handler. I'll go here, and it says, 
oh, it's not implemented, right? I never thought about this. Like, why would anybody download my recipe? So I didn't implement this. So why don't we just do it? In this case, I, I like I cheated and I created um, the code already. So I'm gonna download the recipe. I'm gonna send. Let's just copy the code here. And then, what am I missing? I'm missing this part. Oh, I'm getting the ID. Be careful. From Mux. <laughs> getting the ID from Mux. Then I'm, I'm using the code I wrote to download the recipe. I'll show you that in a second. Passing the recipe ID. If there's an error, I'll return internal server error. And if it's okay, I'll just return the recipe. If we look quickly at the code, download, in this case, I'm using Mongo to do an increase on this, this model on the downboats because I want to keep both up and down. And I'm updating my database. So pretty straightforward, right? So I stop my process. I restart it. That's all I do. Remember, I'm in a container. I refresh this. But now, if I downboat, you see that now it works. If I download this one, there you go. So what happened here? So what happened was that I'm still using my ID, right? I'm still using my local tools. But now Octero, every time I make a, a file change, it synchronizes that to this container, which means that from here, I can use any other tool I have in the container. In this case, I'm just running Go directly, but you could do, put it on a hot reloader. You could run other scripts here, like, you know, on change. If you're using something like Webpack, you could trigger uh, building your, your static files, you can do all these things. The, the beauty of this is that now you're in a container with all these other tools, everything is there and you can use the same tools you, do, you did before. For instance, here, let's say that instead of this, I'm gonna start this under debug mode, right? I have my command here. In this case, the image that I prepared already has uh, the Delft debugger, which is Go's debugger. So I can just start this command. You can put it on a make file like here, but I'd like to kind of show you the, the commands I'm running, right? So I'm gonna start the API server now under a debugger rather than um, locally. In this case, the other thing that Octero does, in going, kind of going back to, to our manifest, is that it automatically sets up port forwards for you. In this case, we're forwarding port 2345 which is the port we're using for the debugger and port 8080, which is the port that we're using for um, the API server. So in this case, what this means is that now that the debugger is running, I can actually connect to it. So let's see if this, how this looks like. In this case, I have a configuration. I don't have it, what happened to it? Well, I don't have it, but then that's easy to fix. This is how you know this is a, a real demo. Let's copy my older configuration. Probably forgot to commit it to get. So, no, no, launch file, do whatever. Yes, place. And you see here that what I'm doing on, on VS Code, and this works with any other IDE that supports remote debuggers, is I'm telling it, hey, you're still using localhost because I'm doing a port forward, and do it on port 2345. This way we're tricking tricking VS Code to connect to the remote debugger. Now it's here. 
and you'll see now it's running. It's going to try to connect. Then let me go back to my terminal, see it. You see now uh, Delph is logging that it's connected. The debugger is running. My app is running, so I can still go here and refresh it, and you'll see that it's working. But now let's make sure that the code we wrote actually is getting, getting invoked. So I'm just going to put a debugging uh, debugger here, uh, breakpoint here on my downboard and handler. So I'm going to go back here and let's try and downboard Guacamole. Oh, didn't pick up. Oh, yeah, I have to do that beforehand, I think. Try it again. Okay, try the other. Got it. Okay, so it work, will it work this time? Okay, let's try to see what's going on here. Huh. Well, this is embarrassing. This should work, but anyway, uh, I don't want to hold you this. I'll, I'll publish hey, it later. Whoever said it was easy to download guacamole? I know. I, I, did, I, I definitely didn't. This. I definitely didn't. So don't Before, worry. But, oh, wait. I have two debuggers running. Let's it's all good. It's all good. Good guacamole is always worth waiting for. <laughs> Believe that me. That is true. That is true. Well. All right, so the other thing that I really like about developing this way is that because everything is integrated into your, into your cluster, you're using the same configuration that you're, that you're um, excuse me, here, make start. Using the same configuration that you have in, in, in prod means that, for instance, if your application is configured to use Prometheus, you can still do this thing in development, right? You don't have to wait for your, for your deployments to hit your integration, your product environment, to build your container and deploy, you can do the same things on dev. And this for me is one of the things that makes me a lot more productive is I'm mm -hmm. testing my application in a realistic way as I'm writing code. Like in this case, for instance, you'll see that my metrics are coming out. Let's put it on a, let's stack it just kind of, see so you see all the different requests that you're coming. In this case, you can see is a, is the five percentile, how long it's taking, error messages, all those things, right? It's a very simple example. In this case, I have to show you a little bit of the code. It's, um, it's capturing the requests um, that is happening, um, you know, the code, the method, the URI. In this case, I'm, I'm pumping it using a wrapper, a wrapper so that every request records something. So this is something that's helping me whenever I want to add a new metric. It's telling me like, yes, this is going to work. Because your uh, Prometheus configuration is correct. Another thing you can do in this case, remember that we're forwarding localhost 8080. I can do things like check my metrics endpoint, my Prometheus metrics endpoint, right? And you see that the stuff that I added here, this HTTP um, in-flight um, counters are here. This is great because this way, I know that this, when I get to staging, I know that as long as there are Prometheus scraper, collecting my endpoint, it will work. You don't have to figure out, hey, what happened? I don't know why I don't have metrics. Add a log here, do another deployment. The idea here is that you're testing as realistically as possible super early on, which really helps. Now, at the end is it helps you go faster 
and grow more confident. So, okay, now we have this app. It kind of works. The debugger didn't work, but it kind of works. And then oh, I send sorry, it to uh, Ramiro, Ramiro, we have a, I have a question. Um, how does Octeto manage to do the data sync between your local machine and the remote Octeto cluster? That is a great question. Um, we're using an open source project for that called same thing. Octeto, when you do Octeto up, is it starting, it's doing two things. One is starting a sync thing process locally. And the other thing that it does, and I have a diagram that I'll show you is on the deployment. Remember when I told you that we uh, transform your deployment to make it more friendly. Mm. Another thing we do there is that we inject uh, a sync thing binary on the remote uh, container to synchronize this, to keep your code synchronized. So for instance, here, I'm gonna open another terminal. I'm gonna go to API. There's another command you can run called octet.exec to kind of get you um, a terminal into, into this environment. It's a shortcut to doing kubectl it exec pod name. I find this easier to, easier to type. But if you go here and you do PC aux, you'll see that there's these things running. This is what Octeto injects for you. It's injecting uh, a sync thing process to keep your file synchronized between local and remote. And it's also injecting an SSH server that we built that is very small, standalone, that can run on any container image to do what I just showed you. Octeto supports doing port forward, but you can also do the reverse forwards. I could set up a reverse forward to access, for instance, the database that's running Kubernetes from my local machine in case you want to run an IDE for, for your database or you know, a query like, a, like something like SQL or uh, Mongo, Mongo's um, Mac UI, I forgot the name of it, but it's part of this idea of giving you all these tools to make it easy for you to develop is everything is running on the cluster, but we want it to feel like you're developing locally. Mm. Another thing you can do that I really like is that now that Octeto exposes this as a server, you can do things like connect to your dev container using VS Code's remote SSH plugins, because it's just an SSH instance for you. In this case, uh, for instance, I could do something like SSH, and you'll see in this case. Okay, we got, we got another instance, question. But you can connect to it. Let's put it here. What we do here is we're going to create a shortcut. Here we go, API Octeto. So I just do SSH API.octeto. Alrighty. And let's say one another bash. And here I am. This is the same instance I showed you before. You see the same bus is running, but now it also exposed to SSH, which means that you can connect with any other tool that speaks SSH. If you're developing Python, you can use PyCharm and you can use PyCharm's remote interpreter with this. If you're using uh, code, you can use the, the code's uh, SSH, uh, remote SSH functionalities to connect to this container that's running remotely. And that's actually a really cool feature. So now let me show you uh, something else here. I um, so I send this to a friend and, and one of my co-founders, he's a very design-minded person. And he told me that looks awful. You have to change the banner. I like the idea of, I like your food. I like, I agree. He shares my love for like a good mission burrito, but he um, he hates the UI, of course, because he's, he's a much better designer than I am. And he told me like, hey, you have to change this. And I was like, okay, cool. So just like here, 
that Octero works on, on this Go process. Now I'm going to show you how I can also use Octero to work on the front end of the app. Same process before. In this case, I already have this Octero YAML that now, if you remember, the other one was using Go. This one, because this, this front end is built on Vue, is going to use Node. So in this case, same as before, Octero up. Now this Octero up is going to find my front end. In this case, it's using a label to find what matches the, the front end. It's going to inject, same thing as before, file synchronization, S6 server, but now it's going to be using a Node image. And here I'm using, by the way, I get this question a lot, an image that we did. Uh, we have this set of dev amps with like what we think is the tools you'll need. But you can use any Docker container. You can put here whatever you want. If you build your own images, if you want to use Alpine with nothing else, it's work here. The only restriction is that it has to have a shell, because that's how you do the remote terminal. Same as before, it's going to synchronize the code. And here, because I'm, I'm, I'm on Node, I'm not going to do any of the debugger, anything like that. So I'm here. So you know, remote terminal, as any uh, JavaScript developer knows, you run an npm install, make sure you have the latest dependencies. Another really cool thing about this is that I'm running this on a cluster, not on my local machine. In this case, this cluster is running remotely, which means it's going to be way faster to access web resources than locally, right? Install all the things here very fast. So I'm going to do npm run dev. This is a shortcut to start the view process. If we go here, you see this is just doing Webpack. Doing, um, creating my assets, all these things, right? So I'm going to build everything for me. And I'm going to be able to kind of go back to my application and refresh it. You'll see it's taking a little bit. Now it's, now it's hitting my live system. So, you know, my friend was like, change the, change the banner. I was like, great. Well, I have a new banner. This case is going to overwrite some things. Let's say yes. Overwrite everything. So now, if I refresh, oh, it's building it. You see, it detected the changes. In this case, this new banner branch one has it has a new banner for my application. Octero synchronized the file changes when I did my Git my, my branch checkout. View detected that there was a, a code change on the container. Rebuild my assets, and boom. This, by the way, my favorite uh, taqueria in the mission. If you're right here in San Francisco. Go to El Farolito and oh, yes. order, order. And here's the thing. You have to go there and order a beef tongue burrito. That's my so, advice. It sounds strange. Sounds strange. Sounds strange, but, but, but you know, I spent many hours in this place. I probably went through all their offerings. Highly, highly <laughs> recommend. But so I was like, hey, yes. Why don't I have a banner? My favorite place in the city. And I, I sent it to my friend. And he was like, no, that's awful. No. He's like, okay. You clearly have no design sensibility. You're not wrong, by the way. I'm going to fix it for you. So at this point, if you notice, I'm developing two different um, services at the same time. My other Octeto is still active. So I could do is I can just send this repo to my friend. I uh, give him access to my current cluster. And then he can do the same thing that is happening here, right? And, and let's say that instead of doing this, he's like, you know what? He'll do the same thing. I run it in his machine. He just gets the code, runs Octeta up on the same namespace as I am, and then we can collaborate together. So in this case, I 
go back to npm dev, and then he kind of took over, created a new and improved banner. So we're going to apply his changes. And you see here that, as before, it picked it up, detected. And if we refresh, thing we're missing a change here. Just to verify everything's here. See, we have a new banner, super nice. Oh, wow. Now what's missing here is, okay, it's updated. In this case, I don't have the view extension. I don't need it. I'm, I'm developing remotely. All right, I don't know what's going on here, but what we can do here, now that we don't know what's going on, is there's another way you can also use Octeto. So I'm going to open a new can window. I, can, I, can, I ask you, can I ask you a couple of questions first? Please, go ahead. OK, so we got a question from Michael. Uh, hi, thanks for the session. Is there any suggestions how to easily set up a local Kubernetes um, and server which I can connect to, sync to with Octeto? I'm sure yes, there are so, a lot of suggestions, but what, what would you recommend? Perfect. That's, that's a good question. And Octeto works with any Kubernetes cluster, local or remote. So I would recommend if you if you want to use a, a local cluster, I really like either K3S. K3S is this distribution created by Rancher. It's a single binary. It's very easy to run. Uh, you just run the binary. Even you can even run it as a container, and it just runs. The other one is Kind. Kind. K I N D which stands for Kubernetes in Docker, is another really good um, way to run it locally. If you have Docker, it runs. It's what actually Kubernetes is using now for their CI CD process. It's very stable, very easy to run. And the other one, if you have Docker for desktop, I have, a, I have one of the new Macs, the M1, so Docker doesn't run very well on this. I'm using remote clusters. If you use Docker for desktop, they have a, if you go to settings, there's a checkbox, run Kubernetes. That is to me the easiest. Minikube, in my, it's kind of a competing idea. In my personal opinion, it's complicated. It's hard to use. I never, I've never been able to get it to run well on my machine. So I would stick with either Docker for desktop, Kind, or K3S. They're all open source. They're all widely supported. And you can find communities that can help you if you run into anything. But those three are really good choices. And all of them integrate. Very well with Octeto. Octeto just anything you have in your kubeconfig, Octeto will use. If you're pointing uh, your kubeconfig to a local cluster, all these things that I show you here, they work. If you have a cluster running on AWS, like I like I have right now, same thing. It will work with any of those. I have another question here. Good. Yeah, we got another question down here. Um, so were you inspired by Tilt from Ellen Corbs when working on this project? No, but they're 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 friends. L, L, L is great. Um, no, it's it's a very similar problem in space. Tilt is one of those companies that um, already focus on the dev experience, just like us. We kind of started actually at the same time. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other open source projects. Uh, you look at um, Telepresence from Ambassador. You look at Garden. Um, there's a, a few. It's really funny. There's a few kind of projects and uh, startups that we always started at roughly the same time, 2018, 2017. I think it's just natural that as more people use Kubernetes, we kind of start seeing all these problems. And we all kind of took a different approach to it. Tilt is a lot more focused on kind of giving you the data from your microservices, making super sense on what's going on, automate scripts. We're more focused on this kind of dev container based uh, development. Telepresence is more focused on 
run everything remotely and have a local process for, you know, like instead of doing what I did with Octeta up, telepresence, you run everything in Kubernetes and then you run your Go process locally. Some people prefer different ways. It's, it's what I really like about this space is that there's a lot of interesting startups doing things very differently. So definitely check them out. They're all open source. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see this dev experience um, ecosystem grow. And we're all doing things different way. You can use things together. Uh, you can use Octeta for certain things, still for another scaffolds, another very popular project on kind of the same space. Uh, I definitely recommend you check them all out and find whichever suits your flow better. I like Octeta, of course, I'm super biased. I, I started Octeta because I, I like not having to run everything locally. I like not having to run NPM on my local machine and they have to figure out node versions and do things like node amps or you know, with, with Python virtual environments. I really like the idea of doing these remote containers. I really like the idea that because I have this exposed over SSH, then I can do things like connect from my IDE. But you know, in, everyone has its preferences, check them all out, but it's, it's definitely a, a space that's a lot of interesting things happening around how to make developers more efficient. That's I think it's a key part of Kubernetes adoption, especially as you get more in, in more complex apps yeah. is that that experience needs to be good. And that's the thing, you know, are we talking about day one, day two, day three, day zero, you know, at what point does this become important? Like you said, for some people, it's a, it's a different, you know, thing, a question of values perhaps, but like you said, who wouldn't value more efficiency and productivity? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, and that is every time I talk to, to people, yeah. that's my first advice is if you're deciding to move to Kubernetes or you already are there, you need to spend some time thinking about the experience. Because if you go with the default, which is you have to build your containers locally and push them, that's a huge tax on efficiency. So don't do that. There's enough, there's a bunch of different open source projects to get you away from this, write code, build my container, tag it, push it to a registry, redeploy my app, and then test. Like don't do that as your main inner flow. Sometimes you have to do it, true, especially when you're doing things within the containers, sidecars, but don't do that as your main flow. I, I gave a talk last year in a, in a conference and, and the title was something like, friends don't lend friends uh, Docker build and push for dev. And, and the whole idea was this, is like there's other flows where you're gonna be a lot more efficient. If you saw in this demo, changing a file and rebuilding my, my Go process is, no matter how optimized your Docker build is, it's gonna be 10 times faster. And if you're doing this 100 times per day, then it matters. Um, anyway, I'm happy to talk about more of this on, on, on the Slack. This is a topic that I'm, as you can tell, super passionate about. Yeah. Uh, but we have more questions, so let's let's go. Let's go okay. Good, let's keep going. Because also important. you mentioned this in the very beginning about security, which generally isn't the sexiest part, but there's also nothing sexy about getting attacked. Um, so either by by one side or the other. So what about PCI compliance? Is it something that's, that's that, can, great, be, that's a that, great can, that can be used? That is, in, that is something that... Yeah. One of, um, actually, as, as I mentioned before, we have an enterprise version of Octeto. Um, if you go to octeto.com, you'll find it there. If you, I, I want to talk about this on this, on this meetup, but if you are interested, ping me and we can talk about this, but kind of like the, 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 big, the big answer is Octeto, the way we're building it and even the open source solution is built to integrate with all those um, security. One of our big things we're doing is, as you notice, you are reusing your application manifests. So in production, in, in real enterprise scenarios, we have customers who are, who are using things like Vault to inject secrets, uh, to do all these other things, with the idea of, of this actually making more secure. By moving your development to the cluster, you can secure the cluster, 
And as a developer, all you're doing is code sync and then run a process, then nothing is in your local machine. All the secrets stay there. In this case, you notice I'm using MVARS for secrets, not, not the most uh, ideal thing, but you know, from, from a demo, makes sense. But everything is pre-configured for me. So if you're doing things like we have one of our many enterprise customers where instead of having credentials, their applications are deployed with a very specific AWS role that gives them access to the database. It's all based on EMS. And they like Octeto because when you do Octeto up, you inherit all those configurations. Like it's the same deployment you had before, just with a different image and these things we inject, but everything else that you had there is still there, which means that if you have complex security roles, if you're doing restrictions based on the pod IP, based on the service account, if you're injecting annotations to determine who has access to a certain firewall, all that is there. And that is something that our, our users really like about Octeto compared to all these to other solutions is that because everything is running on the cluster, they can secure the cluster as they, as they see fit. And, and as I said, we already have uh, customers using Octeto with Vault, with um, Google's uh, private key service, with AWS's, same thing happens with certificates, all of those things. So that's, that is, um, that is a that is a kind of thing. And if you want to talk more about this, if you have more questions, please please let me know. Uh, popular unpopular opinion about Kubernetes. Oh, I have so Ooh, many. Oh, get ready, get ready, get ready, right <laughs> there. Get ready to tweet everybody. Um, I one 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 big opinion, and, and I kind of changed some things around this, is that Kubernetes is just for big applications at a scale. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that if you're building a microservice even if it's just for yourself, I would start with Kubernetes. Like I, in my spare time, I do things like build this app, build Discord bots, that sort of thing. And I really like the fact that on Kubernetes, I just give it a container and it runs at any scale. Because even if you don't need like the super high scale and the super, you know, like provisioning all this infra and keeping it at 90% utilization and, and auto scaling, just the fact that, hey, here's a container running for me, if it dies, run it again. If my VM, if my node disappears, run it again. That is very powerful. And you having to build all those things, because if you don't use uh, um, Kubernetes, are you going to do, you can do something like Heroku, which worked great. It only works on Heroku Cloud. Uh, you can do a VM, and then you're going to have to kind of build your own orchestration of some source, which I've done in the past. And at the end, you're just wasting time when, when something like Kubernetes, especially now, that you can get a one click. Um, Kubernetes experience with pretty much any um, cloud provider. Mm. It's really great. So I, I now I use it for everything. And I do use Octero a lot personally because it's part of, I believe on duck footing. So tools like Octero, like Tilt, like Telepresence, because they make the dev experience so much easier. You can now start using Kubernetes on, on day one. We run everything we run in Kubernetes. And for the longest time, it was like three, four people running a cloud service with you know tens of thousands of users. And it worked really well, like from zero to that. So it's, it's something that I think people try to keep you away from Kubernetes until prod. And I, I disagree with that. Uh, that's one of the biggest ones. The other one is don't run clusters locally. I, I hate wasting time trying to figure out how to run Minikube. So if you can run, run a remote cluster, there is a cost, but I think it's a cost that it's worth paying. So I'd rather pay you know, for having a, you know, DigitalOcean, having like $40 for like a cluster running there for myself, rather than having to spend every other day thinking of why Minikube is not working. 
or, or any of the others. So that's another big opinion I have. In that, in kind of that topic, I'd recommend check out, this is a friend of mine, Sibo uh, Cloud. It's, it's a, another cloud provider. They're doing um, Kubernetes K3S hosted. Really cool offering. In two minutes, you get a, a cluster up and running. I, I'm not selling anything. I just like their offering a lot and I, I want them to be successful. So check it out. Um, all right, so let's, let's keep going with the questions. I love this. Um, will Octeto work well with C++? Yes. Yes, we actually have uh, users. We have users on C++, Python, PHP, um, Clojure, because you have this dev container that has all the tools. Actually, with C++, one of our very earliest kind of like enterprise customers, they were using Octeto because it was very painful for them to build their C++ apps locally because they have a mix of like Windows and Mac users. And once you move to this kind of like dev container, you can have a dev container with all the tools and the exact set of dependencies you need for your C++ application. And then building it there makes it easier. It's very repeatable. And then if for whatever reason, anything gets screwed up there, you can just kill the container, start again, get a new one, put your code there, you know, code sequence for you, and then you just run your commands there. So it's, it's great. We actually have a good chunk of our users, not most, but I would say maybe a third, but like Octeto, and they're not even building um, cloud native applications. They just like the idea they can spin up this container with their dependencies, code synchronized, use things like VS Code, use things like all these remote um, connection tools and just develop there. So it's another really cool thing that, that people like. So another, another question there. And please, if, if I didn't answer enough, uh, ping me again, or as I said, I'm gonna be on Slack. Yeah. So uh, it says, you say developer can just push and deploy code. Does it make, means you can prevent them from dumping the environment from the Terra console? Um, that is something you can't. Right now, the way it is, um, you have access to the you're giving access to the dev container so you're going to be able to see secrets if you have environment variables that but that is the same as with the application right there's nothing preventing you from dumping the environment um on a on a, on a page like it's for instance like yang or php they have functions to kind of create like a debug page to show it to you so that is not what this is about what, what this is about is more about if you're building a cloud native app building the, a container every time you want to test a change is slow, it creates friction, it distracts you from your mission, which is you know fix a bug or, or ship a feature. So by, by taking that out of the flow and just writing code and synchronizing, that gives you a much, much faster flow that it almost feels like, hey, type code. And that's why in this demo, I focus a lot on like the hot reloading capabilities because then you can write some code, sync it, and it just works. And you can refresh your process and you don't have to wait for all these things to happen, right? Like for your, whether it's locally where you're building and, and, and deploying or whether you have to wait for, you know, merge your PR or push a change, kind of like Heroku, let it build and deploy. Because even if that is super fast and it takes a minute, think about it, right? Every change or every few changes you make, then you have to wait for a minute. That adds up. Yeah, yeah. And it gets frustrating. And that's what we're trying to solve is, is, that, is that issue. Like Octavio is not focused on, on the security aspect of, of running on a remote environment. There's, there's other projects, Coder, coder.com is really good at that. For us, it's more about giving you this quick inner flow and, and giving you repeatable dev environments, giving you a one-click experience on running your app. And for us, it's about that, is how do we get developers to use Kubernetes from day zero, test the same way you're testing in production or as close as possible, prevent this kind of manifest explosion where you have Docker Compose for dev, and then you have something else on CI, and then you have Kubernetes manifests on production. 
and get you to a point where you have the same manifest everywhere or as close as they can be and give you the super fast flow to test changes. If you look at your docs, uh, I'm only showing you a few commands today, but we have other things. We have a remote build service. So you can just do your Docker builds on the, on the cluster, not locally. You can do things like directly push your container, your changes to Kubernetes without having to build something in between and a few other things. We have some plugins for the same experience I show you, but directly on VS Code on the container with like a remote VS Code that I talked about. We have another, another plugin to change your context from VS Code, like right here I have it. You can see there's different things. Everything we build around that is the dev experience with Kubernetes. Security is not something we're like concerned too much about. I think there are better tools for that, but our enterprise solution is more focused on those things. Very good. Um, Ramiro, do you have anything else you need to get in in terms of your presentation, just looking at time? Yeah, so just kind of like to wrap it up and I love the questions, by the way, thank you. Thanks so much for those. This is the best way to, to do a, a presentation. Uh, this is what Octel is doing behind the scenes, kind of like to, to iterate on this. It takes your deployment, it applies all these dev changes, it runs your code sync as you saw, it creates a port forward. So you can do things like run your debugger, access uh, endpoints that might not be exposed to your ingress with the idea of you giving you a dev environment on a cluster that in one side feels like a local machine. It is your, it is your dev environment in the cluster. It feels local, but you have the, all the power of Kubernetes and all these realistic things there. As you saw in this demo, I was accessing my endpoints through an ingress, I have a valid cert and all these other things. So Octero is all about building what we're calling a cloud native development experience. You want to feel the same way as you live locally, but on Kubernetes, super fast, very important. I don't want people to wait for builds and deploys when they're developing. This does not replace CI. This is not replacing CD. It's a whole different kind of stage of the workflow. This is about as you write code, like from the moment you decide to write some code to the moment you send your PR, I don't want you to build containers. I want you to write code, see the result, go fast, iterate, test, and then your CI/CD will take care of all these other steps. So we'll give you, with Octeto, you gain fast inner dev loop, realistic dev environments, replicable dev environments because it's all based on manifests. You have unlimited resources because you're running on a cluster. So you have the entire cloud there for you. It works anywhere. It works on any container, on any cluster. That's something that we're working hard on. So there's one thing we love about Go is we have this, everything we inject is, is Go binaries, self-contained. Octelo right now works on ARM, it works on AMD64, on Windows, on Linux, on Mac. And that's something we're really kind of working hard on and making sure we can use it on any Kubernetes cluster as well. And it gives you this container-based dev environments, which means that you can bring any container you have with all the tools you need. Uh, if you go to Octelo uh, on our GitHub, we have a repo called dev, devms, which has all these dev container-based dev environments we built for Go, Python, PHP, Clojure, even for functions. But if, if you see something there that you want to use and you don't see it there, uh, ping us and we're happy to, to engage the community in all of these things. So very important is this, right? Is you are fully integrated from the very beginning and that is key. Rather than having to test your application halfways and just test the API, but not test your integration with your security model, with your ingress, you're testing everything end to end always. You don't have to do it. You can still do like local unit tests but you always have it there for you. And you're using the entire platform. As you saw here, you do things like incremental builds because you have a cache there for you. You don't have to reinstall dependencies every time. 
You can take advantage of a hot reloader like uh, we saw with Vue. You can test your telemetry. In this demo, we have a, a Prometheus endpoint that I can consume as dev. So if I'm adding more telemetry to my application, I can validate it works before waiting for prop data. Uh, and you can even use a debugger. It didn't work this time, but I promise it works. I'm gonna record a video. <laughs> but it, it uses all the remote uh, debugging um, interfaces. It works with PHP, it works with Python, um, C Sharp, Node, Go. We have a bunch of samples in our, in our repo of how to do all these things. And you know, as I said earlier on, on this talk, Octeto is open source. So if you can, if you like this, please go to github.com slash octetoctetto, star the repo that really, I know it's kind of a vanity metric, but it really helps the community kind of stay motivated and, and see that this is something that people care about. Also, please issues, file issues, suggestions, demos you would like to be, samples. If you try to tell and you get a stock, please file an issue there. We're always there trying to help the, the community as much as we can. We also have a Slack. Um, if you go to the Kubernetes Slack, search for the Octeto channel. If you go to slack.octeto.com, that's a shortcut for that. We don't have our own. I'm also on the DOK Slack. I, yeah. I love this community. So if you have any questions, you can always ping me there. And yeah, well, that's that's it for me. Uh, I hope this was useful. I hope you liked it. Absolutely uh, fantastic. I, I this demo, but thank you all for your time. Yeah. Thanks, Bart, for inviting me and, and setting this up. This was a lot of fun. It was absolutely incredible. And the good thing is, is that this will definitely not be the first meetup we're doing or the only meetup we're doing with Ramiro, I would say even in the next couple of months, because we have to plan when we're going to do one in Spanish, either with you, with your co-founders, whatever. Uh, we actually have two meetups in Spanish that we're going to be doing next week. One with a guy from Argentina, Juan Freire, and then also with uh, four people that are based in Spain. Um, so that's something that's really exciting as well about getting more folks involved. If you speak other languages, please let us know. We're always interested in in creating content um, for everybody out there. Uh, really good conversation. As usual, Ramiro, you may or may not have seen in Twitter. Uh, Gorka, I, I need to send this to you. Um, but we always like to mix in the same way that you mix food, which I thought was, that was, I have to say, this is the first time we've done 35 meetups. I've never, we've never had such an amazing incorporation to food, which is always, <laughs> always very nice. I really do have to ask though, are you a trained cook or you just learned on your own? I, I, I like to eat and I like to cook. So it's, it's my own, self-trained. Self, okay. Self, self okay, and what's your, uh, your favorite thing to make? What's your, what's, what's your uh, which, which dish on your GitHub repo has the highest amount of stars? <laughs> That's a, I have to say that, and it's kind of funny and, and completely un, un, unprepared. I really like cooking. There's this dish, uh, which is, it's actually comes from, from Basque country. It's cod, is this cod stew. Yeah, that's what we saw. Typical. I saw the, the bacalao la vizcaína, right? That's exactly. The, that is, yeah. it's actually, it's very funny. It's very typical of, it's a very typical Christmas dish in Mexico. Ah. So it's something that my grandma used to cook that I really like. So now when I, when we're at Christmas, especially when I don't get a chance to travel to Mexico, I'll cook it. And that's something yeah. I really enjoy cooking. And my friends seem to like a lot, or at least they pretend to like. So that's that's it, definitely my top. It doesn't go wrong. Top. I think the tricky part is for most people is working with cod in general is that uh, a bones, but a lot of times if it's salted, how long you have to leave it in water to get the salt out. Oh, that's that's key. You have to leave for that's key, and, and that it takes a lot of patience because it can really easily be too salty. Um, so anyway, so for all the food fans out there, it's but it's really cool that we get to mix these different concepts. And I find uh -huh. that in the same way with thinking about developer experience, the more we get we can say non-technical concepts into the conversation, 
I think the much easier and more accessible it becomes for, for folks out there, for myself included. I always tell people I'm not an expert in this at all. Um, so anyway, so I think that's a really good touch. And tomorrow we'll be having a chat on St. Patrick's Day with an Irishman. So that will give us lots of excuses to talk about Irish things. On Thursday, we'll have <laughs> Tiffany, who's a photographer and a DevOps expert. So we'll be talking about the mixture of those oh, really two. Cool. So I think it's really good that we're able to mix these different combinations. That being said, uh, we always mix art into our meetup. So Gorka, can you share our screen so we can see what Angel has been doing? So I don't know if you can see that or meter, but anyway, Angel was running. Wow. Yeah, we covered it. He covered a lot of stuff. So wow. Angel got uh, just about everything in there. Um, That's amazing. And anyway, I think I think it was a wonderful talk. It was it went by extremely quickly. Ramiro, you're you have a lot of speaking experience. You can tell that for sure. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. Covid helped. Yeah. Covid helped. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm doing a lot of swims these days. But still, you yeah, you've been yeah. Anyway, that was really really good. That was one hour flat. Anyway, you heard it from us already, but we'll say it again. If you got questions, get in Slack. Ask them. I got a couple of questions. I'm going to be throwing your way about Ramiro. Um, check out their website, very easy to follow on Twitter, extremely accessible people, willing to share their knowledge. Um, Octeto is a company, you heard it. Ramiro, any final thoughts we want to share? Or we just, we just got to take it to Slack. What do you want to say? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the community. If you're interested in Kubernetes and dev experience, uh, let's talk. Uh, everything we do, octeto.com. If you want to check out uh, our commercial offerings, um, check it out. And please, github.com slash octeto. Yep. A lot of what we do is there is open source. Check it out. And we're always looking for collaborators feedback and just people to talk to like we're building these by developers for developers so and, that's, and that's you're cool. and you're you're hiring somebody i believe i saw on twitter oh yeah that's a good point yes yeah. sorry for so that's that's a really good point actually um we have two open racks if, if anybody's interested one is we're looking for a content designer in the u.s mm -hmm. we're building a lot of experience content is super important yep. so you know everything from our website to how we explain things mm -hmm. in app messages we really want to bring someone who can not your typical just do tech writing at the end of the workflow is more someone who can work with the team all the stages so if you know someone if you're someone who enjoys these things or like it that's one and the other especially for spain we're looking for a react developer in spain so if you if you know react you have some experience with containers uh just dm me and, and we can talk those two are are all right good <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, you heard it. All We're right. Hiring. You thank got you. that to check out as well. Ramiro, thank you so much. We'll be looking forward to having you again soon. All right. No, Take thanks care. for the invitation, Marty. It was great and, and good right. seeing you all. All right. Pleasure. Take care. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye-bye.